Hey guys, sorry about that on the live here. Um, has the market turned into a bearish bonanza or a bullish bonanza? We're going to dive into that today for you guys. There's a few reports out that start to indicate some interesting scenarios that may, play, may be playing out from the institutional side of things. So we'll dive in deep. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back into TechPath. Well, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, and that is iTrust Capital. If you're looking at long-term holding of your crypto assets, and especially from an IRA standpoint, this is one of the places to do it. Uh, you can go to their website. It's pretty simple. You can invest in crypto, gold, silver, all using your IRA. Uh, there's a lot there that you can do. You can transfer your existing IRA. You can start a new one. And the cool thing is, is that there's no fees on you starting an account. You simply just pay for fees if you're managing your own trades within your account. So that's kind of the extent of what you can do. You can do some staking on there. Tons of opportunities. Uh, very much like kind of a, a mini exchange, 6.5 billion in transactions, 190,000 accounts created. Make sure and use our link uh, down below because it's going to give you a $100 funding reward when you start an account. So make sure and check that out. It does help the channel. All right, so let's get into a couple of news items here. I want to jump over to a few things that um, you know we're looking at right now because Bitcoin has still been very resilient around the 23K. We will, we will be doing an update for you guys uh, this week. We'll have our altcoin show, a lot of other things uh, coming on the show uh, this week, uh, as well as some stuff late in the week around Super Bowl. So we got a big, uh, big, big week planned for you. Stock market news now, um, really around what stocks are doing is in terms of them falling, uh, especially around looking at what the Fed's rate path might look like after last week's Friday's um, Employment numbers. And again, employment numbers were up. Many people look at that. Okay, well, that could be bearish because of the fact that the Fed will look at this and say, we're continuing to climb. You know, the job demand is still here. The likelihood of the economy not slowing in the uh, point that they wanted to get to. And I think even Chair Powell from last week's FOMC may have been a little bit, uh, you know, surprised around where this might go. So I would love to get you guys' feedback. Do you feel like the results from uh, Powell's uh, remarks last week versus what we saw in terms of the job numbers changes your vision of what's going to happen within the markets, at least in the short term? Or do you feel like we're still in a potential uh, bull cycle and small bull cycle around Bitcoin? Love to get your insights. Uh, another thing that was interesting here was the Bloomberg strategist. Um, real recession has arrived, predicts a massive, a massive milestone around things. We've got this Bloomberg report that we'll get into. And if we now have another real recession, comparable outcome or technological breakthrough could be seen. Uh, that's something that Mike McGlone is kind of, of, you know, focusing in on, could be facing their first real recession. This is the scenario that many people are still looking at is that there still is a recession ahead of us in the next few months. The likelihood because of what we're seeing with the Fed. Again, remember, Fed will start slowing knowing the data is coming in, usually in a late you know, period, which then causes that reactive measure after the Fed even pivots that we usually see a downtrend in securities market. Now, back to my point that we've talked about here on the show a lot is when a downtrend in the security markets start to occur, crypto is typically the first one out of those kinds of things. So it does offer up an idea or at least a theory that we could see some uh, adjustments here. But McGlone basically said, hey, listen, uh, the last significant U.S. economic contraction, the financial crisis led to a birth of Bitcoin and the possible coming economic reset may mark similar milestones. 
again, around digital assets and what that might look like, which leads back into the reports we'll show you guys a little bit later uh, in the video. Uh, Macro Alf, which I think has been one of the more bearish guys out there in terms of the analyst staying true to his bearish position. Is this perfect time to buy garbage assets? Said nobody. You know, growth is unequivocally slowing down pretty uh, pretty hard. I would agree with that. And then risk fee rates are going uh, to 5%, which this is going to be interesting too, as we continue to see increases on where a lot of banks and also a lot of these asset controlled uh, facilities are offering more for cash. So opportunity. The Fed doesn't have your back. Remember that. Yet people are busy pushing uh, garbage assets to the moon, which is, you know, listen, these are the kind of scenarios that play out in these these kind of, uh, whether you want to call them bull traps or not, the point is, is that you see these little moves in and out. Likelihood, are we still in a bullish trend? Uh, Bitcoin holding at 23, still very solid. And then a lot of these assets that have been moving in this direction that are more long-term holds, and that's everything from Matic to Render and things of that nature, still very active right now, which I think aligns a little bit with where Alf is talking about. Here was another tweet. I've already shown that this cycle is different. Bulls compared to 2015 and bears 2019 bottoms. If there is a death cross on the weekly chart, then we might get a different bottom. This will be interesting because a lot of people have been pushing that we have already seen the bottom. And if that is not the case, if we do see a full-on retrace and reset within the uh, digital asset space, Bitcoin could see some uh, potential max pain coming in in this area. So um, again, I don't know. I mean, again, our, our what we've looked at is around the 14.5. I know Gareth is still holding that there is a potential lower uh, position on Bitcoin. I think a lot of this will still boil down to how the media responds to the result of a recession when we get the full trigger. And that, I think, will be the scenario that the Fed obviously will play into as they start to adjust on everything from interest rates as well as being able to pull back possibly in a pivot uh, in the essence of just going back to basis points uh, drops. So we'll see. Uh, one thing, though, that will continue to be very bullish is these additional partners. And this is another thing that I always wonder when you see a lot of enterprise companies uh, starting to strategically align do they, it's not necessarily that they know something, but it's a point in which they understand a roadmap and how it works. Visa is a good example. Now testing how to accept settlement payments in USDC on Ethereum. So again, if if we see something like Visa and or others that start to lean into what we're going to see here in terms of not only adoption, but use case and utility within crypto and blockchain, this could really start to spin things into a very interesting way. This report right here, uh, let me kind of zoom in on this a little bit so you kind of can kind of see a little bit about it. Uh, so this is a Bloomberg Intelligence r- report, Crypto Outlook. I don't like the title. Bottoms are rarely easy. But there's a few pages in here. And again, when we do these uh, chop-ups for you guys, hopefully it gives you a little bit of insight on some things that we're looking at inside the report. So there's a few pages that I want to get to. Here's page four. And let me show you a couple of things. One of the things that they focus on, and it's a good read, it's worth it for you guys to spend some time with it, um, but you'll notice they're, they're showing some ten- tendency for crypto uh, stock ratios direction to coincide with federal funds rate. That's an expect- expectation. It may be a while before Bitcoin and NASDAQ get to a 4X. So this goes back into, let me zoom up on that a little bit for you guys. And we'll zoom there. Yeah. 
4x. And then further into what they talk about, Ethereum is more likely to resume doing what it has been doing, which has been outperforming. And again, that gets back to some interesting points around what asset should you hold in this next cycle? Is it Bitcoin? Is it Ethereum? Are there some new assets? I think there's going to be some assets out there that could really kind of change, be that life-changing money uh, that a lot of people are looking forward into. Again, not investment advice, but we look at mainly uh, sentiment and research here. Here's another area that I wanted to focus in on right here. Why Ethereum needs a layer two solutions. Uh, L2s have stepped in to enhance the user experience, stop the flow of users to alternative layer ones that change, such as Solana and Avalanche. This is a big deal because Polygon will be a big one, as will be Arbitrum, Optimism, etc. And this is something that I think we'll continue to see growth on. And there's a lot happening around that. If you guys saw the Dorito launch today, I think I tweeted out, a couple of guys had it out there. But Dorito has done a major move in unison with Polygon and Artifact. And obviously we know the connection there with Nike. This gets into some very interesting strategic brand moves. And this gets back to my point around Web3 businesses that in Web2 businesses start to understand how Web3 business is going to be done. Those are the businesses, I think, that will really start to set the framework and bring in a lot of additional you know, companies that will start to kind of chase what other high-level comp- companies are doing from a competitive standpoint. A couple of things else in this report. L2 chains are faster, 90% less expensive than transacting on Ethereum, uh, Ethereum itself, which we'll go into in a minute. Layer 2 activity eclipses uh, that on the base chain. As mentioned in the note in October, the emergence of several hundred thousand uh, new users on the L2 chains. This all we know, again, from the ZK uh, proofs that we've seen around Polygon and all that. Check out our video with Polygon because we have the ZK team, the Zero Knowledge team, here on the show. And it was a good conversation because there's a lot happening within it. The big question I had with them was scalability. And uh, is Polygon prepped for what the scalability issue could be as we see mass adoption possibly occurring on layer twos. So that's another big factor here. Uh, another point right here was another page in here. Um, uh, blockbuster corporate partnerships. This is the first time I've really seen Polygon mentioned in a big report like this. And of course, you guys know this because we talk about it so much, but it just shows the 10 partnerships there with Polygon, uh, DraftKings, Reddit, Stripe, etc., Walt Disney, Adidas, Starbucks, Adobe, uh, Meta, Uh, and so on. I mean, we've shown this chart before. Uh, The other thing, remember, let's not forget, is um, the developers. And if we continue to see growth in this area on these L2s, these are going to become very interesting uh, going forward. Some of the L1s will will be, and I'm always watching what Avalanche is doing just because of some of the innovation that's going on there. Uh, I do uh, think that one's got a a potential uh, out there. Here's further into the Bloomberg report. Right here, uh, 24 billion uh, assets to accelerate upon the upgrade. Demand, obviously, for the Ethereum Ethereum could spike. Uh, And this is mainly talking about the economics and the supply crunch, uh, which is going to come in on EIP 4895. Uh, One of the things, though, is that the total value that is staked right now, it's very steady. Uh, Even though there is a lot of people worried about, you know, Shanghai and what that might look like. If you're new to crypto, we're probably speaking a lot of terms here that are a little crazy. In essence, there's a lot of ETH locked up and possibly will eventually start to move out of being locked up, which many people are concerned that might devalue ETH because of a potential sale. 
The other aspect on that is a little different. Remember that the merge happened in September 2022, and Ethereum staked had reached 13 million, 20 billion, illustrating the community's growing confidence in the viability. And that's where I think this goes, is I think we see Ethereum continue to hold a very solid position. Now, sure, there will be selling. There will be those kind of scenarios that play into this. But um, I think it might actually increase the opportunity. They talk about this in the report. Um, And let me kind of get to that right there. There we go. Um, 48.95 could spur staking demand, although exit liquidity will be available to stakers for the first time. Uh, The introduction of LSDs and Ethereum uh, really could be favorable for staking economics. Should should see this ratio and the alternative layer one start to narrow substantially. This will be a question mark as to where or not we see that. Ethereum, though, as you guys know, has been moving up the chart for me in terms of the hold position. It repositioned in front of Polygon mainly because of my exit on Polygon or part of my exit on Polygon. Uh, but I'm holding ETH in a large position now. Again, not not ahead of Bitcoin yet. But I am looking at some scenarios on that. We're probably going to do a portfolio update video for you guys, so we'll get to that. Don't forget to drop some questions in over on the side. And the other thing, if you like these breakdowns and these reports, smash the like button right now. That's one of the ways you can really help us out. Further into this report, uh, let's see, what else did they have? Let's go further in. I think that was pretty much it on this one. Yeah, that was pretty much it on this one. Uh, there was another... Um, report that I wanted to jump to, which is the Fidelity report. Now, this one is the 2023 look ahead. Now, I know this research was all happening, but it feels like Wall Street is almost in unison step right now. You've got Fidelity, Bloomberg, and remember, ARK Invest did their big drop of their 2023 outlook. Uh, I'll show you a clip on it. We did a big video on this uh, on Friday. Uh, No, it was Saturday when we dropped that video. Uh, Thanks for watching that video, by the way. It did really well. But I think the point is, is that a lot of the innovation, it was a 150-page report. We broke it down into like, you know, maybe 10 pages, 15 pages of real interesting stuff for you. Go check that video out. Uh, But this report right here, they all seem to coincide with what's happening uh, and what uh, Kathy Wood believes is going to be happening in blockchain. Let me zoom up on this one for you guys. So this was a little bit of an interesting aspect in the report. Bitcoin active addresses stood at 330, uh, 333 million in 22, which is a decline of almost 8% from the previous year. Again, we know 22 was a tough year. Um, but it's resilient, in their opinion, giving a price drop of almost 65%. That's the other thing that I think people are looking at is just the potential for how strong Bitcoin continues to be. And I think this is the thing that we'll look at um, Further into the report, this was interesting right here, and I want to just show you this quickly. This was the uh, L1 versus L2 daily transaction. I mean, look at Arbitrum right there. That's the green chart. You see uh, Optimism right there in the gray, and Ethereum layer one starting to go down. So you see these merges starting to occur and swapping in terms of people starting to understand how to utilize these. And what that simply means is the opportunity for dApps to continue to build on this and make it even more uh, simple for a lot of new people coming into the space, buying assets, getting in down fees, all the things that will happen in these layer twos that I think will be very valuable. Further into that report, let me see what else we had in there. There's a few things in here that were pretty interesting. Here's one right here. Um, this is okay. So the regulatory environment also made an overlap between traditional securities 
uh, migrating on-chain. Uh, it's kind of a difficult one, but we think that might shift in 2023. Now, that's a, that's a good sign in the sense that you've got Fidelity that believes that we may see some regulatory environment shifting. And then after a year of major cross-chain hacks and exploits, uh, will bridges die off? Now, they, I know that's a big statement because I, I would say, well, if, if that were to happen, it would kind of de-escalate crypto all in itself because that's essentially what is happening right now with crypto is decentralization is starting to really become. But in their opinion, uh, it's not likely because the value of being able to move tokens between chains uh, is great and will continue to be a needed for the, And I, th- I think that's going to be the scenario. The multi-chain world is a reality. And I think the scenario that we're going to see in not only the traditional um, investment classes, including banks, starting to understand how this works, will be... Now, it's going to be early. It's going to, we're still early, and we're still going to see a lot of growth opportunity in that area around banks in the next few years. But I think we'll see some banks and, of course, some of these traditional uh, companies move into this. I want to jump over to a tweet right here. This was from Glassnode Alerts. Uh, Ethereum... Uh, median gas price uh, just reached a one-month high. We're back into kind of a high zone right here. Let me pop that chart out for you guys. Um, now, what does that mean? Does that is that a bad thing, a good thing? I think the scenario that this is playing right now with Ethereum is we're starting to see some adjustment again, traffic on a lot of these L2s, and we're starting to see ETH in itself just become such a dominant force that this in itself, I think, is, is, again, just something that will continue to play along with these ebbs and flows in the market, which is what we're seeing right now when ETH is up around $1,600 to $1,700. Um, here's ultrasound money. Another, another uh, all-time low on deflationary aspects. Remember, 144 days since the merge. Uh, and you can kind of see right there. Pretty interesting. I don't know if you guys follow Ultrasound Money, the website, but just go to ultrasound.money. You'll be able to get to this. It kind of keeps a track of all the ETH supply, what the position is, what the current supply ratio is, supply growth, the burn ratios. All that is in there, what the issuance could. I mean, it's a really nice little. breaking that report down last week. We dropped it on Saturday. I wish we would have dropped it on Friday. Um, but here's a little bit from her, a clip from her video that she did on her report right after we did the video on her report. But let me play this. You can take a look at our, uh, uh, our analysis of smart contracts and Ethereum and how the merge, how, how the merge has, is now causing actual deflation in, um, in uh, the number in in the in the uh, rate of increase in the number of ether out there, in other words, right now Bitcoin is uh, inflating at roughly I think one point seven percent, so the supply one point seven percent per year as it moves towards its mathematically metered twenty one million units. Um, and uh, ether, I think, has just moved into a decline in ether. That's a that's quite a that's quite a robust uh, statement right there. And we do see smart contracts fees generated by smart contracts moving from 11 billion, so nascent last year, with DeFi a part of it, NFTs uh, as well, um, 11 billion last year to 450 billion by 2030. And then we get into the genomics, uh, and we now call it multiomics part of uh, 
the presentation. We go through precision right, so was, therapies. They get into a lot of different, you know, advanced uh, technologies, but obviously smart contracts, blockchain in general, uh, was really one of the core, kind of their top line of some of the opportunity. You heard her talk about Ethereum and the deflationary positioning. I think, you know, this is someone that, you know, understands it, maybe doesn't dive into it as much as we do here on our channel and, and obviously you guys that are watching. Uh, but you get that. You understand why Ethereum has such a very interesting proposition and its potential here. And again, it goes back to what I've always said. Web 2 to Web 3 business adoption, whatever happens in that process for utility wins, without a doubt, will win. And that's why uh, the scenario that we saw with Starbucks, what we'll most likely we see with McDonald's, what we're seeing with Doritos. Notice anything here? You obviously see the artifact Nike as the poster child and the utility aspect of many of these Goliath brands that will start to seep into these secondary markets and eventually into Main Street. And that's when I think you see, this is years away, but it is a, a point in which we saw adoption in mobile, adoption in social, adoption in internet. It's just, you know, the cycles are here, guys. You just follow the tech cycles. You'll be fine uh, to get into that. So uh, interesting stuff out there for sure. I'm going to jump to a couple of charts here, just where Bitcoin is right now as it's holding out right at 23,000. We did see a little bit of movement here over the weekend. Remember, if you're not in our CPI, get in there because it's, um, uh, it's really a great tool for understanding some of the movement that you've got with Bitcoin. Bitcoin holding at 23. Remember, Bitcoin uh, had been a little bit flat on last week. Uh, we saw a very small spike above 20, above 20, I think it was right at, right at 24, and then an adjustment down. Uh, and then again this morning uh, also, and I think I did, you know, we dropped on our diamond circle, which is our Substack, um, both on the premium and the free. Uh, I dropped a piece in there that I think you guys would like, which is kind of talking about where Bitcoin's potential was. That was, I think it was over the weekend and mostly on a sideways uh, position. So uh, we'll definitely get into some questions here, and I'll pull up uh, charts, and we'll get into some sentiment. And let me look at Ethereum real quick. Again, Ethereum, let me go zoom up on that and move out a little bit because I'm on the one hour probably. Yep, let's go to the four. There we go. All right, so you see a little bit happening here on the morning for Ethereum as it starts to edge up slightly, but it hasn't necessarily come in there in that 1680 to almost $1,700 range, which it was pushing uh, to reclaim. Uh, interesting to see that if it holds this, because this has been a resistance area around 1650. So we'll see if this one can break through. Sentiment right now on ETH is still so showing sideways. So uh, definitely a good one. Let's go over to the uh, poll for the day. And what do we have? All right. So what would outperform Bitcoin in 2023? Layer 2, Polygon, 33%. ETH at 30, and then nothing. <laughs> I, like the, I like the mix of the audience here because you've got, you got some Bitcoin people in there. You've got the ADA fans in there. You've got uh, Layer 1s, all that good stuff. Good deal. Layer 2s, going crazy. Uh, I love it, guys. It's always good to see how you guys uh, perceive the markets for sure. I will jump into a couple of questions here and then uh, maybe show you guys some, um, some sentiment here. Sorry, I'm trying to get logged in here. I forgot to get logged into CPI. All right, so Render is going crazy. Anthony Richardson, yes. Uh, so this is a very interesting trade right now. It's one of our uh, swing bags that we've been uh, holding for some time back from our early portfolio. 
uh, this year. And one thing that is happening within Render is, remember, this is still a very long-term aspect uh, of where it's going. Uh, but one thing, I'm going to go to the dashboard real quick and just go over to the Metaverse tokens and go over to Render. Because this is one that we did an analysis on this morning. And if you're in, again, if you're in the, the diamond circle, you get this. Um, but right here, notice, Render, first of all, uh, intersected the overall market. So it's been flying. It's still one of the top-rated tokens out there. Let me zoom up on that for a minute. Uh, still one of the top-rated tokens. But the difference is, is the ascent rate has started to slow. And that is exactly what could be happening if you think about over here on Render. Let's go down to Render real quick. And right there. Okay, so this ascent rate. Right now we're anticipating maybe a little bit of sideways action, maybe a possible buy zone if it retraces back down here into the 160 range. That might be another entry. These are buy zones that we've looked at, entry points for a render all the way back to Jan 6, which is when we uh, entered into our first trade on render before it started taking its run up. And that's about 300% markup, which we've sold half that bag. We're still holding on the other rest, or the rest of that bag. Uh, but I'm still uh, interested in where this might go. Now, does this have, because remember, now we're dealing with all-time highs with Render. So, good one there. Uh, yes, uh, Daniel, I think we're still in disbelief stage of the market cycle. Uh, I would agree. I think a lot of people are still looking at, uh, you know, if you look at the, the bullish side of the market, we try to present both, bearish and the bullish. The bullish side of the market, I'm finding more people that were on the bearish side that are flipping bullish right now than I am on the vice versa. So I still see the traditional bulls. I'd love to get the uh, the bull twins back on. We got to bring those guys back on because they're kind of in the uh, scenario with Alf. Uh, you know, if you think look at think about you know, and, and Darius Dale too. I mean, Macro Party too is is still very uh, bearish on what's happening. Um, Bitcoin twenty five key. You can be sure we'll uh, see the biggest bull market ever. I don't know. I don't think if it hits 25, that, that's definitely a marker, but I don't know that you could not see a pullback. Now, could it pull back to 18 or somewhere like that? Sure. Those are the kind of scenarios that may play into this. So interesting. All right. Dominic comes in and says, hey, Paul, when do you see domain names uh, and the Web3 taking off? Probably around 25 or 6, uh, 2025 or 6. We'll see early adoption happen. But the key will be if someone hits a home run on the utility use case of Web3 domain usage, whether it's a .NFT for integration or an ENS uh, name server kind of uh, scenario for ETH. Um, I think it's still, it's utility. You've got to have utility uh, and use cases played into this, especially if digital ID can start to take place within the social mechanisms uh, around that. If you look at Nostra and Damas, what they've done and what they're trying to do. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I, I still think it's a couple more years before we'll really see that. Will we see another short squeeze? Could very possibly, um, you know, play into this. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to get uh, Gareth back on the channel. We've got him at a specified date for why we think there may be some activity in the market and see how uh, Gareth is trading that. And of course, we'll have a, a several uh, additional traders uh, coming on the market. We've got a guy coming on that's going to be looking at some new indicators that we're testing. We've got, of course, uh, Evan Aldo coming on. We'll do the altcoin show for you guys as well. Uh, everyone, know, everyone knows it's XRP that will outform, outform Bitcoin. I mean, there's enough pent-up demand there, that's for sure. Yeah. Are we still on the 14, 14K? 
Yeah, so that is a good one, Saz. You're paying attention to our channel because that's been our low was the 14.5. Um, we, we felt like the 14.5 was the number. Now, we hit the 15.8. Maybe that was it. Or could we see a retracement? That's the real question mark that everybody's looking at right now because everybody's playing Bitcoin pretty close to the chart right now, pretty close to the chart. And if you look at, let me go over to the CPI and we'll take a look quickly at the Bitcoin. Let me go to the dashboard real quick and get to top crypto and Bitcoin. Let's paint those charts up for you guys. Um, and here it comes. Yeah. All right. So you can kind of see there's a little bit of a fall off right here. Overall market is dipping right now. Uh, we've seen, a, and there's just a handful of tokens that have been able to kind of sustain, but still, this is a high, you look back here, overall market was at 61 on the 16th of January, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, and now we're sitting at a 60. So literally back where we were to a little bit, but still Bitcoin performing above overall market, but it is slowing and we're starting to see a little bit of dip. So I anticipate we're going to see some sideways action here on Bitcoin over the next few days. Maybe a potential push here uh, in a little bit because it's still, amplification is not falling off. You know, if you look at 6382, 63.51, it's just sideways right here. So we could see a little bit of a bump right here coming in. Uh, it's going to be a good one. All right, so uh, we'll try to get into more, uh, more projects for you guys. Make sure and leave some comments down below. We always love your impact if you're not as a, your, your input. If you're not part of the Diamond Circle, like I said, just jump in. It's really easy. Click the link down below. If you guys want to reach me, it is out there on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechBath.